Welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. Coming up. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I put everything into that. And yes, I did get a first, which was amazing. I think there was about four people in our class of 150 that got a first. So obviously I was proud of myself getting that, but actually my health was deteriorating at the time. So it's a little bit bittersweet in many ways. I'm your host, Danielle Collins, and I'm the world-leading face yoga expert, best-selling author of the book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and creator of the international teacher training program, the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. 17 years ago, I healed myself from chronic illness, and I've spent the last 15 years teaching, sharing, and serving millions of people in person, on TV, and online to help them look and feel the best version of themselves. This podcast is about giving you simple, effective, natural tips and advice and sharing knowledge and insight from industry experts. If you have a friend who you think would enjoy this podcast, please share it on social media as it means so much if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast as it allows more people to feel healthier and happier naturally. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. This is the Face Yoga Expert Podcast. Hi guys, hope you're having a lovely day and welcome back to the podcast. So on today's episode, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about where it all began. So just taking it right back to the beginning, giving you a little bit of a context about face yoga, why I got into face yoga and why it means so much to me to share it with other people. So it all really started at the age of 21. So I used to be someone pre-age 21 that was very stressed, quite unhealthy. I probably didn't eat the things I probably should have been eating. I probably didn't take the time to relax that I should have been taking. Definitely my mindset was that of pushing myself, very much a perfectionist in many, many ways. Now, all my life, I'd wanted to be a primary school teacher. So from probably about the age of five or six, I wanted to teach people and help people. And actually, I remember that I always used to get my little sister, Anna, to sit down and I used to get the chalkboard out and I used to write little lessons for her. I remember at one stage when I was probably about 13, I decided to do Spanish lessons for my whole family and used to plan lessons, sit them down, teach them Spanish all in preparation for our holiday to Spain. And I also used to have two friends who lived just up the road from our house. So myself and my sister Anna used to play with these two friends quite a lot. And I actually set up something called Netball Club. So this was a weekly club on a Friday where I used to spend the week planning what I was going to do in this netball club and then have this lovely little club which included a meeting at the beginning and warm-ups and then netball games and then at the end it was little cool downs and then a post-match meeting. So it's quite funny actually thinking back how much I wanted to sort of teach people and how much I wanted to help people. And the only context I knew that to do that in was to teach people in schools. My mum was a teacher, so it's what I knew. I knew I wanted to share with people, to teach people, to help people, to make a difference. I knew I enjoyed the planning side of it. I knew I enjoyed the teaching side of it. So 
becoming a primary school teacher was quite a natural thing for me to go into. So probably from about the age of five or six, that was something that I remember saying I wanted to do. And I don't think I ever said I wanted to do anything else, to be honest. I think I was probably quite focused on that. Then I went to university at age 18 and I went to Barspar University College and I studied education with English literature. So I was always very interested in books and teaching people about English and writing. So that was sort of a natural secondary subject for me to do alongside education. And I actually love learning about education. I love learning about how to make a difference to people. I love learning about how to help people. I love learning about the sociology, about the psychology. I enjoyed presenting to people. I enjoyed working with children in schools as well. But as I was getting to the end of my degree, I remember thinking I love so much of it but it's really not feeding me and nourishing me in the way that I thought it would. And I didn't really know why. Anyway, so I left university and as I left university, I was finding that my health really was deteriorating. So I was finding that I was feeling very, very tired at the end of each day. I was finding it very difficult to get up in the morning. I was finding I was getting a lot of viruses, a lot of infections, felt run down a lot. And I was very determined to get a first in my degree. So like I said, I used to be someone which definitely pushed myself in every way. So whether it be setting up that little netball club at age 13 or whether it be to get a first in my degree at age 20, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So I put everything into that. And yes, I did get a first, which was amazing. I think there was about four people in our class of 150 that got a first. So obviously I was proud of myself getting that. But actually my health was deteriorating at the time. So it was a little bit bittersweet in many ways. So then I decided because I was feeling so run down, I would take a year out before I went and did my postgraduate certificate, which actually allowed me to there go forward and to teach people in schools. So I took quite a low pressure admin job and thought that that would just be something which gave me a little bit of time to reboot myself, to make sure that I was feeling as healthy as possible to do that postgraduate year. And also to really just check that becoming a teacher was what I wanted to do. It gave me that time and that space to really think without just plowing myself into it. And within a few months of actually getting into that admin job, I was struggling with my health massively. So it got to the point, I would say after maybe about three or four months of doing that job, maybe less. It's always difficult to remember the exact timing when you go back so many years. But I reckon about that amount of time, I started to find it difficult to even walk to work. So let alone get through a whole eight hour or nine hour shift, I found it difficult to even do the 30 minutes walk to work. Now, this is when I started to get tests. I started to go to the doctor. I started to ask lots of questions. I started to get my bloods tested. And it took a bit of time to actually get the diagnosis. But to cut a long story short on that side of things, the doctor actually discovered that I'd been suffering from glandular fever. You may know it as Epstein-Barr virus and that actually my body hadn't acknowledged it. It hadn't recovered from it, it hadn't rested from it. And I actually then was diagnosed with ME, which is also known as chronic fatigue syndrome. 
Now, it's a little bit of an umbrella term in many ways, but for any of you that don't know what that is, I will just sort of describe a little bit about how it feels and how it affects the body. So I signed off work for a little bit and actually when I stopped, my body got worse very, very quickly. So I had pains in my body so strongly. So the aches in my arms in particular were almost unbearable. Sometimes I couldn't even pick anything up, even a kettle, because the pains were so bad. I had shooting pains down my legs. I had a lot of pain in my joints. I had brain fog, so I couldn't concentrate on watching TV. So it's not like I could lie in bed and watch films and TV. The brain fog was so bad, I just had to lie in bed with my eyes closed, occasionally listening to something. But generally, that was too much even for my mind to take in. The level of exhaustion was almost unbearable. I had a little post office just down the bottom of the road that we lived in. And I found it difficult to even walk to that post office and back. There were days when I was lying in bed and I struggled to even get from my bed to the bathroom to go to the toilet. Now, at the time, Bruce, who is my husband now, but was my boyfriend at the time, he was running a business. He started a business at age, I think he was probably age 21 with his best friend from university. And they grew the business very quickly. So he was working very, very long days. So I was home alone a lot of the time. But there was a point actually in the illness where Bruce used to have to come home at lunchtime just to carry me to the toilet so I could actually use the toilet and to just make me some food and a drink because I was that chronically ill. Now, I wasn't that chronically ill the entirety of the illness. It really went very much up and down. So I had days, for example, where I can maybe go, I can meet a friend, I could have a cup of tea with them and I could chat to them for maybe an hour and then that would be it. I would often then have to recover for a couple of days afterwards, but I was physically able to often get through things, even if it meant that I had to then recover afterwards. Because any of you that are familiar with ME or chronic fatigue syndrome, it's not always in the moment where you feel the illness. It's often afterwards. So if you do something, your body gets through it, probably because you're going through on adrenaline, I would imagine. But then afterwards, when you rest and relax is when your body actually feels the severity of the symptoms. So this whole illness in total went on for about 18 months, but a few months into the illness, I felt massively determined that I needed to do something about the illness. So I actually decided to start looking into what I could do that would heal myself. Now, someone recommended to me, why don't you try yoga? Now, believe it or not, I'd never heard of yoga before. I had no clue what it was. Now, at the time, there wasn't the access to the internet like there is now. There wasn't YouTube channels or Instagram or anything like this where you could just look it up and find out what it was. It was very basic. Obviously, we had Google, but we really didn't have the access to computers and to internet like we do now. So I actually managed to get myself into town. I went to a, a video shop and asked for one of the old, you know, video VHS tapes, asked if they had a tape in there that was yoga. 
And they actually gave me Jerry Halliwell. Jerry Halliwell from the Spice Girls did a yoga video. And she did that with a lovely yoga teacher called Katie Appleton, which some of you might know. So I got that video and I sat in bed and I watched it because I knew that probably 99% of it I couldn't do. But as I watched it, I thought, right, okay, so this is what I'm going to start with. This is what I'm going to try. And from there, I then bought some books on yoga and this started the journey to finding books on meditation, on relaxation, on mindset. And I started to do what I could every day. So in terms of yoga, it was very much lying in bed, doing some breathing, maybe doing a few gentle twists in bed, maybe bringing knees up towards the chest, rolling from side to side. So such gentle yoga. But actually, that's all my body needed and it wouldn't have benefited from anything stronger. And when I could read, when my brain fog wasn't too bad, I really just engrossed myself in books in terms of just learning how I can relax a little bit more, how I can start to change mindset, how I can actually use yoga to heal myself. And I remember I had a lovely DVD, which I bought, which was simply just relaxing images and relaxation music. And I found listening to really lovely, relaxing yoga music with no words, incredibly soothing. And I found that just focusing on my breathing throughout made a massive difference as well. And then this sort of triggered my journey into thinking, how else can I heal myself holistically? Because I was already feeling some of the benefits from doing yoga, meditation, relaxation, positive thinking. So I started to have some different treatments. I started to see an osteopath. I started to see a lady for acupressure, high touch acupressure, which was amazing for me. I did a whole variety of other holistic treatments and then I actually started seeing a life coach. Now, the life coach that I saw was actually somebody that had suffered from ME herself and had overcome it herself. And she was massively passionate about wellness, about well-being. And she really started me on the journey to thinking, how can I actually make changes in my life? How can I change my lifestyle a little bit? How can I start to change my mindset a little bit? How can I focus on pacing myself? How can I focus on doing these natural therapies, these healing therapies, but in a way which is very relaxed, in a way that's not too rigid, that doesn't involve too much research, that really just involves going with the flow? She gave me a series of affirmations to use and some of them I still use today. Um, Some of them are very simple, such as I am healthy and relaxed and just repeating that to myself many times. And I find that even today that is really, really helpful. So after doing all of these things, I actually managed to get myself better. Day by day, I was getting stronger. Day by day, I was able to do a little bit more and I was starting to think, this is amazing. I've always wanted to help other people, to make a difference to people's lives. And what if I'd been given this chronic illness to actually help people for a reason? So everything I'd always wanted to do since a child in terms of teaching people and sharing things with people, what if this illness was how I was going to do that? And as I became stronger and as I became even better still, I then decided I'm ready to take this out there. So the first thing I did was enrolled in a distance learning training program to actually train as a professional relaxation therapist. 
And this study was incredibly interesting for me and taught me how to show individuals and groups to relax effectively, to deal with stress better, to meditate, really everything that I had used myself to heal myself, to overcome ME, actually teaching me how to share this in a professional context with other people. So once I did this training, I actually took the plunge to go forward and help other people. So I set up my very first relaxation class. So I just want to take a brief pause in this episode to tell you a little bit about my book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga. Now, this is available on Amazon. You just need to search Danielle Collins Face Yoga there and you'll see it to purchase anywhere in the world. Now, this book is perfect if you want to understand more about face yoga. Maybe you want to know how it works, how your skin ages and how face yoga will help that. Perhaps you want to know a little bit more about the science behind it. It's also packed full of solutions for problem areas. So I list many of the problem areas in the face. For example, lines in the forehead, jowls, loose neck, lines around the eyes and so on. And I give key exercises for these problem areas. There's also sections on each part of the face. So there's a section on the forehead area, the eye area, the cheeks, the jaw and the neck, which is great if you want to just delve straight into certain areas of the face. Now, all of the techniques are one minute each, and you can choose whether you want to just do one minute per day, or you want to do all 50 techniques and actually spend 50 minutes per day. It's entirely up to you. You can really tailor the routine according to your time and what results you want to get and how quickly. Now, the best thing about this book is it's not just the face yoga exercises. In order to get healthy and glowing skin, you need to be looking at wellness overall. So scattered throughout the book, you'll see lots of positive affirmations. Now, I'm such a believer that what happens on the inside really shows on the outside. So I encourage you throughout to do these positive affirmations to actually help to reprogram and retrain your mind to feel more positive about yourself and about your skin. There's also loads of information in there about skincare, about overall well-being. There's some really nice key yoga techniques for the body as well. And I explain how these actually link to the face. And you'll find lots of personal stories in there as well. So I talked to you about my journey from being a very stressed, unhealthy person and then how I became very ill with ME, how I overcame this very chronic illness which left me bedridden and housebound and how I then built the Danielle Collins face yoga method and how I became the face yoga expert. So it's a perfect one-stop shop to understanding face yoga and how it can help your skin. So you just need to search for Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon or you can go straight to the shop at faceyogaexpert.com. So let's get back to this episode. Now saying I started my first relaxation class sounds rather simple. 
But I can assure you there was a real journey getting to that stage. So obviously, after I trained as a professional relaxation therapist, I wanted to gain some experience first. So I started just practicing on friends and family. So I started teaching them meditation, visualization, gentle yoga, relaxation techniques. I started doing some wellness coaching with them. Then I thought I'm ready to take this out there. I'm ready to take this to the public. But where do I start? I had no experience in business whatsoever. I didn't know anybody that owned their own business. Where I lived in Bath, I didn't have any contacts at all. Everyone I knew from university had moved away. I didn't know anybody in the fitness, health, beauty industry. I didn't even have an email address. I had my dad's old computer. I had a landline telephone and I had one of those old school mobile phones. And that's all I had. And also I want to just put in here as well, I didn't have any budget for setting up a business either. No budget at all, nothing. So not even enough to get leaflets printed out. So I just did it my way. I started off just by making little posters just on A4 paper, printing it out, using my dad's old computer and an old printer that I had, actually saying relaxation classes, the time, the place. I remember so clearly where it was. It was at the Percy Community Centre in Bath and it was 7.30 on a Thursday evening and people would actually just pay as they go. So I kept it really simple. I made these posters and I went round to every health food shop, every hairdresser's, every beauty salon, every cafe, everywhere I could think of, gave them a poster and said, please, can you put this up on your wall? Some said yes, some said no. Then I made smaller versions of these posters, which I guess are like leaflets. And I walked around town and I stopped people on the street and I actually said to them, would you like to come along to my relaxation class? Uh, Looking back, I can't believe I did that, but there was no social media back then and I had no website and I had no other way of doing it. I didn't know anybody. I wasn't able to advertise myself without a budget. So I walked around and I spoke to people and a few friends that I knew or contacts that Bruce knew. I would just ask them to tell as many people as possible about these relaxation classes. And then I managed to gather enough people to come to a class. I think on my first class, I probably had 11 or 12 people. One was my mum. One was Bruce. Two were people that I'd known from university. They weren't actually friends of mine at university, but since, funnily enough, they've become some of my best friends. And everybody else was just people that had seen these posters or I had spoken to in the street. And I was nervous. I was probably more nervous than I've ever been in my life. I'd never taught relaxation to a group of people like this. During the time that I had ME, I feel like I lost a lot of the confidence that perhaps I once had, even though I had done my degree in education and had to do a lot of public speaking and a lot of teaching. I'd gone almost two years without teaching people in any way and in many ways being very, very insular because I was so ill. So my confident levels weren't where they perhaps should have been, but still I did it. And the way I did it was actually people would just pay me in cash there and then for the class. Then after the class, I would go to the office of the people that own the community centre and I would pay them the rent 
for that class out of the money that I'd earned. So it's not like I had the money to pay up front. I would do it literally, take it out of the cash I'd earned for the class and go and give them the money. And that's where it all started. So from there, I started to build up and again, didn't have contacts, didn't have a budget, just did it very slowly and very gradually and just spoke to people as much as possible. And I actually had the phone numbers of all the people that came to that first class. And I would call them midweek. I would remind them that your class is on Thursday. Are you coming along to it? And I would do this every single week for months and months just to make sure that people kept coming to the classes. After that, I started to roll this out a little bit and started to approach gyms and yoga centers and actually asking them if they wanted my relaxation classes. So it involved lots and lots of phone calls. I actually set myself up an email address so I could email them. And I had meetings with these people and eventually started to get a few regular classes. And then after doing those regular classes, I started to be able to get a few one-to-one clients. So people that wanted more individualized attention. And as I was doing this, I was enjoying teaching the gentle yoga side of it so much. So I decided to take my yoga teacher training alongside setting up my relaxation classes. And as I did this, I then was able to teach yoga classes. Now, again, this was very much just speaking to as many people as possible advertising the classes in a very, very, what I now call old school way, but the way that people did it really before we used the internet and before we used social media. And I would take any cover of classes that I could. So if I knew teachers were going on holiday, maybe it was around summertime or maybe it's around Christmas time, then I would be the first one to cover anybody's class. I told all the gyms, all the sports centres, all the yoga centres, if anybody calls in sick, if anyone's on a holiday, please let me cover your classes. And because of that dedication and because I was always available there, it actually showed just how committed I was. And then I was offered regular slots to actually teach yoga classes. And during the time teaching yoga classes, I then took further training. I took training in face massage. I took training in nutrition, in well-being coaching and started to integrate this into the business and started to grow the business. Now, as I was growing the business, obviously it didn't happen very quickly because I didn't have a team behind me. I didn't have a budget for advertising. And also I had to be very mindful of my health as well. Even though I'd fully recovered from ME, I was very aware that I didn't want to push myself too much. So I actually took some part-time temping admin jobs as well. So I would do a little bit of admin for an office for a few hours a week. I did a little bit of personal assistant work, again, administration work in an office, again, just a few hours a week here and there doing this just to keep myself afloat financially until I knew that my business had built up. And as it was building up, I was able to gradually reduce my hours and then completely stop my hours doing that temporary administration work. Now I'm just going to take you a little bit further into where face yoga fits into all this. So I started teaching a lot of yoga classes 
And I remember what people were saying to me. They kept saying, Danielle, I really like what yoga's doing for my body. I come to your class a few times a week. I'm really noticing how my body's toning up. I'm noticing how I feel more relaxed in day-to-day life. But what about my face? We're talking here maybe 14, 15 years ago. There definitely wasn't such a big skincare market as there is now. And we didn't have social media, so we weren't aware of trends. So people did have more questions in terms of what they could actually do for their skin to help it look healthier and younger. So I was hearing this more and more from my clients. And also, I remember when I trained as a yoga teacher thinking it's just so crazy that we learn everything about the body. So we learn about all the muscles in the body. We learn about the bones, the ligament, the skin. We learn about how to strengthen a muscle, how to relax a muscle. But it all stops at the neck. And I was so aware that there are 57 muscles in the head, face, neck, tongue and ears area. And I remember thinking whilst doing my yoga teacher training, why aren't we doing anything for the face? This is such a key part of the body. And in fact, it's a part of the body that's on show all the time as well. So in many ways, we should be even more dedicated to this. So I always had that in the back of my mind. Plus, when I did my training in face massage, I was taught how to do face massages on clients that are lying on a massage table. And I would do a few of these treatments, but it wasn't my thing. I much preferred teaching people how to use skills themselves on themselves. So I really enjoyed teaching people yoga and relaxation, whether it be in groups or one-to-one. I love teaching people about relaxation, mindset, well-being coaching. And I really wanted to give people the skills that I knew from my face massage training and from my yoga training, how they could apply these tools to their own face, do it within classes and sessions with me, but also do it at home as well. So I started the research process. I started looking into techniques which have been used for thousands of years in India, in China, in Japan. Techniques such as acupression, how this benefits the well-being, but it also benefits the skin as well. How we can apply techniques that we know about for face massages as treatments, but how we can actually use these on our own faces, using our own hands rather than relying on a therapist's hands all the time. I started to do a lot of research into modern scientific studies as well, starting to understand more about the muscles in the face, the bones in the face, the skin structure, starting to understand how if we strengthen and tone a muscle in the face, how it can be toned and strengthened, how the skin attached to it can be tightened and tautened and firmed. I started to look into the role of relaxation for the face, so how when we can relax certain areas of the face and relax certain muscles, the benefits that this can have in terms of softening our expression lines. So this research was being done alongside all of my teaching that I was doing and growing my wellness and yoga business. And the great thing about that was I was able to trial these techniques on clients day in, day out. So as soon as I started to put together face yoga techniques, either ones that have been used for thousands and thousands of years, all these newer ones I created through my research, I was able to try these on clients that I was seeing day to day. And the best thing was they were seeing results. They started to notice their faces were toning up. They started to notice a really big difference in their skin tone 
tone, looking less tired. They started to notice wellness benefits as well, such as reducing headache, helping to improve sinus problems, helping them to sleep better, reducing stress. So all of this allowed me to put together my programme, which is the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method. And I started teaching this regularly in my local area. I started doing face yoga classes as well as my yoga and relaxation and nutrition classes. I started to integrate small amounts of the face yoga at the end of people's yoga sessions and wellbeing coaching sessions. So one of my favourite shows nationally is the Om Yoga show in London. And when I was very ill with ME, I actually went up to this show with Bruce and I was just blown away by it. The amount of teachers that were there and the prestige of these teachers and the knowledge of these experts. I was so blown away by the community of yogis there and all these amazing products related to yoga. And I remember inside me thinking one day... I'm going to be here and I'm going to be sharing with people and helping people in the way that these other teachers are. So I wrote a letter to the Om Yoga Show, told them about this concept of face yoga, told them about the Danielle Collins face yoga method that I had created and told them there's nobody else out there doing this. I then said, I would love to teach a class at your show if you'll have me. I didn't hear anything back for a few months and then a letter came through the post. The letter was written by Hannah, who still actually runs the Om Yoga show all these years later. And it said, Danielle, we'd love you to come along and do a class in face yoga. This is such an exciting concept that we know our visitors will love. So I did it. I went along to London. I brought along Bruce and I brought along one of our best friends, Nick, who lives in London. We had t-shirts printed with the Danielle Collins face yoga method on it. I printed just a few CDs. I think I probably had 10 or 12 CDs, which actually just led people through my method, led them through a 20 minute program. They could put it on their CD player and listen to it. And I taught a class. Now, I didn't know how many people would come to this class. I wondered if anybody would come to this class. I thought even if five people come to this class, I would be happy. I turned up, I got on stage and I had over a hundred people at this class. I taught my techniques and after I taught my techniques, I said I have whatever it was, 10 or 12 CDs and you can come up and you can purchase one of these CDs if you'd like to continue face yoga. So many people ran up to the stage. I sold out within seconds and I had so many people just say how much they loved the class, how much this is something they've been looking for for so many years, how so many of them who are into yoga have always thought, why can't I do yoga for my face? And it was at that moment I knew that face yoga needs to be shared on a wider scale. So from that day, I decided I was going to start approaching press, TV and radio and be able to tell even more people about face yoga. So as you can imagine, lots of newspapers, magazines and TV shows just never got back to my emails. But one or two did. They said, yes, I love this idea. I love this concept of face yoga. Please, can you write an article for us? Some were really interested in my story of overcoming ME and wanted me to be interviewed about that. Other people said, yes, come and teach our journalists face yoga. This is such an exciting concept. And it was really from there that I then grew to become firstly the UK's leading face yoga expert and then the world leading face yoga expert. 
So as face yoga grew nationally, I started to get more interest on an international scale. So I started to get people ask me if I would come and teach retreats. One of my favorite ever places to teach was the Maldives. I was very, very lucky to teach for two months back in 2011 at the Sixth Senses Spa. But prior to that, I also did a lot of interviews with press internationally. And I was starting to get customers internationally as well. So for example, Vogue in Brazil, wrote an amazing article on the Daniel Collins face yoga method. And I was getting more and more orders for this audio CD that I had made from places like Brazil. And we were shipping them out very quickly from our front room. I was recording them on my laptop. We were getting them printed off, putting them in envelopes and posting them off to people. And I was just so, so grateful, so grateful to people that they were enjoying doing face yoga as much as I was enjoying teaching it. And most of all, I just felt so so pleased I was able to help people to look and feel the best version of themselves, which is exactly why I do what I do back then, but also today as well. I was then spotted by a researcher for a TV company who actually said to me, I would love you to come on and teach our presenters face yoga, which is absolutely amazing to start to get TV coverage. And from there, more invitations started to come in. And around 2010, I was getting lots of people email us asking whether I train people to be face yoga teachers. Now, at the time, obviously, I didn't. I was just teaching people face to face or in groups. But I thought, yes, this is something that other people can teach, whether they be yoga teachers, fitness instructors, beauty therapists, or just people that want to start their own business. Face yoga is proving to be so popular and it's helping people. And I really wanted to allow people to be able to go forward and teach this to others. So I started writing a teacher training program. Now, one of the main things I really wanted for this teacher training program was full accreditation. So I actually made sure that it was accredited by reps who are the Register of Exercise Professionals. And there's actually a very long process in order to get a course accredited by the Register of Exercise Professionals. So I went through this process, made sure it's all fully accredited. And I also got the accreditation from the International College of Holistic Medicine as well, who themselves have their own accreditation criteria. So once I got the accreditation this was a full qualification that people can take internationally in order to teach face yoga to groups and to individuals as well. And since then, we've grown a community of over 650 teachers of the Danielle Collins Face Yoga Method, which is growing every day. And they're in more than 50 different countries. We also have super trainers who are trainers that are able to teach groups of people in order to become face yoga teachers. We offer the options of group courses, of one-to-one, of distance learning. So it really allows anybody in any country to study in a way that best suits them. And as well as the teacher training, since then, I've been lucky enough to teach at many trade shows, to be on lots of TV and in the media. I've also created four DVDs, so two face yoga DVDs, a body yoga and a well-being DVD. And all of these are available on app as well. If you want to try one of those, you can just search Danielle Collins on your app store. I've also created lots of other products as well. So I've worked with people to create online face yoga courses, which aren't a teaching qualification, but they just allow you to enjoy face yoga at home. 
I've got some great face yoga, body yoga and well-being yoga wall charts and an amazing skincare serum, which was made for us by such a great skincare specialist, which is all organic and accredited by the Soil Association. I also have a yoga mat range, jade rollers. And probably most exciting for me is my face yoga book, which I wrote last year, Danielle Collins Face Yoga. Now, when I was ill with ME, I actually had a little notebook. And in that notebook, I wrote down all of the things that helped me to overcome ME. And I actually still have that notebook now. Now, right at the very back page of that notebook, I actually wrote something. I actually wrote, one day I will write a book. This book will be focused on mind, body and spirit and will help people to feel better about themselves using natural techniques. Now, obviously, at the time, I had no idea this would be through face yoga and that I'd go on the journey that I've gone through. But it's just so lovely to actually see that dream come to fruition And I've always wanted to write a book, but I knew that there would be a right time at a right place. And I also wanted to be published by a renowned publisher as well. Of course, I could have written a book and published it myself at any point. But I really wanted to be at the stage where face yoga was something that other people believed in just as much as me. And when a publisher really believes in you, you know that you've got something which is so exciting. So now it's actually going to be translated into 13 different languages, which is so exciting. Exciting. And it's lovely to think that people all over the world are going to be enjoying my book, Danielle Collins Face Yoga, and actually being able to read it in their own language as well. So doing this podcast has really made me realise what a journey I've been on. But I understand we've all been on a journey in our own way. And it's actually really nice that I'm able to use this platform of this podcast and actually share that journey with you. And as we go through other episodes of podcasts, I want to get a little bit more in detail about certain parts of this journey. So I realise I've sort of gone through it fairly quickly for you today. But hopefully that's given you a little bit of a background about how I actually got into face yoga, how being bedridden and being so unwell was, of course, the worst time in my life. But in so many ways, it was really the best time in my life, because if I hadn't become that ill, if I hadn't been through that journey of healing myself with all these holistic techniques, then I would never be doing what I'm doing today. So I'm eternally grateful for that illness of ME, though that sounds a strange thing. I really am so grateful for that journey that I've been on. And my vision going forward is really just to continue helping and inspiring as many people as possible. I know what it's like to be unhealthy and I know what it's like to be at your lowest low. So I just want to say at the end of this podcast today, if you are going through a difficult time, whether it be through illness, whether it be through a life situation, whether it be physical health or mental health, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And don't just look at other people around you and think that they've got everything going for them and things are perfect and things for you perhaps aren't going the same way as you would have hoped. I promise you, everyone you meet has gone through a journey. Everyone has known hard times. Everyone has known sadness. Everyone has known heartbreak. So just remember, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You aren't alone. 
And if you have any questions, please do reach out to me. You can email me at info at faceyogaexpert.com. I'd love to hear your journey. I'd love to hear your story. And I really hope that listening to this podcast today has given you some hope. So I'm sending you lots and lots of love, whether you're going through a difficult time or not. And I really hope this has inspired you to start doing some face yoga. And I hope also it's brought across the message that self-care is so important. Self-care isn't selfish. Self-care is essential. Take care. Bye-bye. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.